0: saw it.
1: Just keep talking. I think you're about to get to the
0: interesting part. I don't know. Don't give us that. You're gonna tell us what happened or else? Or else what? You'll shoot me? I'll do worse than that. Go ahead. With my luck, it'll just start all over again. What'll start all over? This day! No matter what I do to change it, it just starts over. Every day! I'm trapped in it, and so are you. Only I'm the only one who knows it. What, sound crazy? Think about what just happened downstairs. What are you trying to say? Your guess is as good as mine. What if I guess you're behind it? Then it's a bad guess. What if I just take you out right now? How's that going to affect it? Already been tried. One of you guys already dumped me in the ocean.
1: I don't believe you. You're just messing with my mind.
0: I'm messing with your mind? My wife? disappears every day. I know it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and I can't do anything to stop it. And I'm messing with your mind! Sorry, I still don't believe you. I don't know what you did, but I
1: know you did something, and that makes you dangerous to the rest of us. And if, like you say, it starts all over again
2: tomorrow, then you got nothing to worry about, do you?
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. We are watching a film against our will here today we are looking at in the blink of an eye 2009's in the blink of an eye this was a recommendation from one of our semi-regulars dusty now to be fair we have put him through the gauntlet of watching elves society the evil within and uh he also sat through the apple although he enjoyed the apple Much to our amazement and chagrin, yes?
3: I will defend loving the apple till the
0: end of time. Yes, we know this. Bim is on the Uh, way. But, Katie, you have something? Oh
1: yeah, I was gonna say, after watching this movie, I also was remembering fondly the apple. Because (laughs) wow, man, at least that one had some bops in it. At least they had, at least they had that, that glitter, (laughs) that glam.
0: Some, some pizzazz.
3: A lot too Uh, Yes, there's
0: no pizzazz to be found here. Uh, Zero pizzazz across the board. But this is Dusty's Revenge that he is getting us all to watch in the blink of an eye. Uh, This is, I I guess the best way I could describe it, an overtly religious film. (laughs) Um, When you think of those like kind of Kirk Cameron movies or the God's Not Dead movies or, you know, anything else that like when you're at a movie theater and there's like 10 things playing and there's one thing that you've never heard of in your life. And then later you see a poster for it on the wall and you're like, oh, I get it. I see why I don't know what this is. Um, it's one of those kind of things. Uh, that's what In the Blink of an Eye is. And it's actually from the studio that makes the God's Not Dead films. They've made many religious films. Uh, I have not watched any of them. Dusty, I think, has watched some of those, and he's also watched others within the genre, and he'll talk about that coming up. But yeah, that uh, studio is called Pure Flicks Entertainment. And so I saw that uh, they've done three God's Not Dead movies, which I did think I knew they had done three, but I guess a fourth is coming. Because I guess it's like Marvel over there with the God's Not Dead series. Like, just can't get enough. Um, So, uh, anyway. So, In the Blink of an Eye, it's directed by Michael Sinclair, who doesn't really have any credits to note. Um, And then it has a cast of people you've never heard of, uh, but they're people who are regularly within these films. I'm going to leave it to Dusty to talk about some of the particulars of the cast uh, later. But the only person that you would have heard of is Eric Roberts, who's a character actor who's been in a bunch of stuff over the years. And he shows up here in a small role as like a police captain. And they kind of just like dole him out throughout the movie. And I feel, and Dusty may be able to correct me on this later, but like that maybe these movies are looking for kind of someone who's a name somewhat established so they can put someone on the poster of like, Oh, Eric Roberts. I've heard of them because I did see that they did a version of little women a few years ago, not the famous one that recently came out, but right around the same time and Leah Thompson and it's like set in present day, I think, because they, I'm sure couldn't afford sets or costumes, um, but uh, but Leah Thompson was in it, and which kind of bummed me out that Leah Thompson was reduced to being in that. But, uh, but then, obviously, she's on the poster, and it's like, oh, okay, they got Leah Thompson. That way they can put her on the poster and the DVD covers. It's a Leah Thompson movie. You like her? Yeah, back to the future. Yeah, watch our religious yeah. thing. So that's my guess is, uh, you know— is, is part of the angle on this. Um, and again, these are not movies that are necessarily starring these people. They are in them in like supporting roles, but I think they're being put in to try to boost the prominence of the project as much as possible. So Eric Roberts is really the only person that you likely would have heard of. I did check out the credits for some of the other key people and you know, they were either in these kind of religious things or, nothing else uh that was about it um as far as the plot goes it's a movie where we focus on two cops who are saving a kidnapping victim who's presented as kind of like a she's a pop star but she's definitely being presented as an older woman like I don't know how old the lady is, but like late thirties, early forties, mid thirties. I don't know, but she's definitely not like twenty. So this is she's not modeled to be like Ariana Grande. It's more like latter career Christina Aguilera or Britney Spears or some. Other, I, I I don't know. It it was odd because like they want to do this pop star thing, but then they have her in like later career stage. Um, but yeah. So the she's been kidnapped. And they rescue her at the beginning of the movie, and the movie right out of the gate starts in with a lot of religious talk out of nowhere. And then that doesn't stop for the next 90 minutes of just regular religious conversations and uh, propositions and arguments that are being put out. Um, but yeah, eventually the two cops kind of worm their way onto Britney Spears' husband boyfriend manager all the above not britney spears but the pop star uh onto the yacht and then once they get onto the yacht some strange occurrences happen which i will save when we can get into that coming up so um safe to say i don't think much of this film i did not enjoy this film we'll see where everyone else stands um but let's go ahead and uh, introduce our crew so uh so Dusty is uh, returning here uh, triumphantly, having forced us to watch in the blink of an eye. So uh, welcome back, Dusty.
3: I, I appreciate this, and I am glad to have ruined your trust.
0: <laughs> As I said, you have suffered through uh, through many, although I, I would argue that what I've put you to suffer through had things to be enjoyed in it. Um, although I did enjoy, there's a lot of like funny, just funny and awful parts of this, so... Uh, uh, I was on board with that. Um, we have uh, Katie rejoining us, who's been on a lot of our musicals, and I think you were last on Drop Dead Gorgeous.
1: I was, and wow, what a contrast to this movie. I've been uh, yes, lovingly invited to, to comment it on
0: And uh, rejoining us here, we've got Izzy, who's been on a few of our, like, horror and or bad movie episodes, and uh, this definitely qualifies for the latter. So, uh, welcome back, Izzy.
2: Hi, I'm I'm excited to be back, and this would definitely be a bad movie. But you feel kind of bad about saying it's a bad movie, because it's all built around this pure flicks this christianity like (laughs) like monopoly and you're like oh it was okay (laughs) like you tried
0: i'm i'm good with just calling it a bad movie i I got no qualms (laughs) yeah uh but
2: uh it was pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right
0: so uh yeah we'll get it we'll get into plot we'll get into a uh, dialogue for sure that was probably the crown jewel of this film uh but yes once again this is in the blink of an eye 2009 you unlikely would have heard of it or come across it i had not heard of it until it was foisted upon me so here we are so uh what do we make of in the blink of an eye
1: dusty uh you you brought this to us yeah so i think that yeah. you need to you need to uh come come and defend your choices
0: sure you've, so, you've got some right. splaining to do as ricky ricardo would say
3: it's 100 percent fair so uh back during my my wonderfully expensive grad school days i i took it upon myself to do uh, an independent study on evangelical exploitation end times film interesting uh, like you do um yeah, a, a friend of mine and I in my cohort, we, we both had a, a shared affinity for these sorts of movies, mainly because we'd watched versions of them growing up. Uh, his, his family a lot more serious about them than mine. And so during that time, uh, we just started watching these movies on a whim. And so I figured if I'm going to be watching them, I might as well turn them into college credit if I can. So I started watching all these movies that are based around the end times. And after a bit of time, they kind of all start to blur together. The, the plot gets very predictable. You kind of know what to expect. And really about the only thing that changes is how they depict the rapture. And that kind of becomes the crown jewel of creativity. And so the thing that immediately blew this movie into, into perspective for me is that it is just such a buck wild concept <laughs> of the rapture. It is the rules that have to be in place. For this plot to exist, just from God's perspective, (laughs) makes this movie so weirdly blasphemous in a way (laughs) that it's just, I can't look away. Um, It also features, um, as I've explained to Linton, uh, David A.R. White, who is the Tom Hanks of evangelical film. (laughs) Um, It does not get better than David A.R. White. He's He's the best you can get, and it helps that he produces all the movies um andrea logan plays his wife because she is his wife um it is the role that she pretty much plays all the time in any movie is david a.r white's wife um and yeah and eric roberts who very clearly has a day rate that is very affordable for a lot of these movies um if you can have him sit and be in one room for one day you can get him (laughs) and he will gladly show up and say whatever the fuck you want
2: oh my gosh
3: um, but yeah, I can't say too much more without giving the plot away, but I will I will finish on this last note. I remember thinking when I watched this movie, this is the best directed movie that I have seen that I have had to watch for this paper.
0: Oh, I, was, I mean, I'm sure you're saying that to, like, nail home the point of how bad the other ones were, but I gotta say, this is a horribly directed movie. <laughs> like, it doesn't look good. Oh, it's not great. Oh, no, so... no.
3: Yeah, it's the things that made it impressive... They hired a drone at one point, clearly, and I think there was a crane shot. And they had that, jet skis. Oh,
0: yeah, there was somebody, there was a lot of paid jet ski to rent jet skis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they
3: definitely had cameras around water, which showed a lot of risk, which is something I was not used to in these movies. <laughs> um, there was an action scene. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's w- without giving away the plot. That's pretty much all I can say right now
0: all right other thoughts yeah
2: i don't know i felt like everyone was super robotic like especially Lori. like every line she delivered it was just word for word what was written on that piece of paper like there was no feel there was no emotion everything just felt forced and i caught on while looking up like imdb it's like oh they're married would not have been able to tell that, like, (laughs) that they were married (laughs) in this film because they're so robotic and they don't mesh well. Like, you guys have been married for how, forever, and it's like, it does not seem like that. But every other character was super robotic as well, just the way all the lines were delivered. And I, like, just took me out of it took me out of it and the jet sea uh wait
0: were you were you ever in it
3: no (laughs) (laughs) what that riveting opening scene didn't hook you automatically oh
2: my gosh well i thought i was watching the wrong movie because the scene (laughs) opened up and i'm just thinking like this is a horror movie i'm watching the wrong movie (laughs) and it's like oh no it's part of it it's part
3: of it
1: I had the same reaction because uh, I knew it was called "In the Blink of an Eye" and Lytton had sent me, you know, uh, uh, the specific link to watch it. But when I looked up "In the Blink of an Eye" movie, I I was reading. I was like, I don't know if this is it because it's about like it, it it's it is a weird action movie in terms of like oh these two detectives are on the case and then his wife disappears and and i'm like oh i guess this is like wait i thought this was about the rapture and and um so <laughs> i i can see how this was this i can see dusty your point that th- that this was sort of outside of the usual model of the few christian movies i've seen which involve a lot of standing and sitting and talking uh about mostly about God and they had that thank God but it was uh it was interesting how um man there is there is uh you know in media res jumping into the story and there is who are these men where are they who has been taken how many how, what <laughs> I'm sorry and then uh <laughs> You know, but not in a fun way. None of it was in a fun way. <laughs> not a, not at all.
0: Yeah, these were not these were not questions that Katie like longed to get answered. She just demanded that they be answered. Of like, what? What is? <laughs> why is this? Why? Yeah,
3: and and I will agree with you, Linton. The the opening. I mean, I completely forgot that it opened with horror movie face. Yes, that oh, it's oh, it's yeah. it's it's very. It's like the last five minutes of Megan is missing. It's like they spliced that in for a little bit,
2: <laughs> and then oh, Jesus, I forgot.
1: But you
3: know, Linton, I did have the exact same the same feeling when they introduced who this pop singer is, uh, Lindsay O'Connor, name of the pop uh, singer. And I think she's she's kind of introduced, sort of like a Kesha of sorts, but she's yeah, very maybe. clearly like like thirty seven. She has one hit. It's called Sugar Baby. It seems like she's relatively new to the scene.
1: Let's and oh,
3: uh, it's.
1: Let's not demean Kesha by comparing her. Oh no, no! I'm
3: saying that's what they were. I'm Kesha. saying that's what they were going for, and clearly missed.
0: <laughs> yeah, was, I, I just, so I just old. focused on like the 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 depiction and the age for. I mean, obviously, you can be an older pop star, and they have existed. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, even like Madonna <laughs> is in her 60s and still like does concerts. So like, you could do that, but just. The way they present her character is almost like she's this like, you know, pop ingenue like who's got yeah. this recent hit, and it's like, yeah. but that doesn't make sense. Like what? She's like she's like this thirty-seven-year-old woman's like getting all the tweens dancing at their <laughs> middle school dance. Like no, I don't, <laughs> I don't buy that. You're but,
2: being so much nicer. <laughs> I was like, she's fifty. She's got to be fifty. <laughs> I
0: yeah, I don't I don't know her age, but. Anyway, uh, I I would say just for me, I mean, I, I, there's plenty to talk about, but the two things that I would focus on the most, if we're putting aside the religious overtones, undertones, middle tones, every tone <laughs> possible, we put all that aside, um, we'll definitely dig in the dialogue. The dialogue is atrocious, but it ties in with what Izzy was saying of like not buying into it and like the delivery so flat. I feel like it's not even just it's the dialogue's bad and the delivery's flat, but there's just this unbelievability with these characters. And again, this comes back to somewhat dialogue somewhat the acting, but there's this aspect where big things are happening in this movie, not for the audience, not anything enjoyable, but big things are happening in the movie in terms of like stuff that changes these characters lives. Like, a woman is kidnapped at the beginning. Her life is saved by these cops. Uh, do they kill? They kill the the kidnapper. So that's, like, what opens it up. Later, uh, one of the cops' wives goes missing. His wife goes missing, and his, like, friend and the wife, his partner and the wife go missing. And the way he reacts, the way the pop stars boyfriend, manager, whatever, reacts. The way, like, any character reacts to a situation that's, like, this is incredibly troubling is, like, the worst line reading you've ever heard of any scene. Like, they <laughs> never they never sound like people in distress or duress the way other people react off of them. Like, I mean, we can get into it, but eventually, like, the guy whose wife goes missing, he's on a boat with these people, and the other people just start, like, questioning him right away of like we think you did something about this and it's like so ham-fisted of like (laughs) clearly the writer is trying to push an idea to like get us from point a to the point b they want but in no way is it natural like like yeah people on a boat might start questioning in sort of a why was Christopher walking on the boat that night, kind of way? But you would get that. I don't think Christopher Walken had anything to do with that, by the way. But you would get to that point. He's a good man, um, but you, uh, you, uh, you would get to that point eventually. But what
1: Chris, Christopher? Well, Walken what knows I, more I, than my, he's my understanding
0: is, I, I'm going. Well, I'm going to go on a slight tirade here. My understanding is they. I think the belief is the information that's been put out there is that. He may have been, or they, at least Robert Wagner may have thought he was having an affair with Natalie Wood. Yes. Um, and so that's the kind of supposition and that, you know, Wagner may have done something or, or she could have, it could have been accidental or whatever. But like, I, I've never necessarily thought that like, that Walken did something, He's um, complicit, but that his presence there might have, his presence might have led to something, but I don't know.
1: All I'm saying is- You're saying
0: let's not mar the good name of Christopher Walken.
1: Okay, first of all, I love Christopher Walken. <laughs> Listen back to the Pennies from Heaven episode where I very much praised him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that he knows more than he's saying. And Look,
3: Christopher Walken can't melt steel beams.
1: Where was Christopher Walken on 9-11? Ah.
0: <laughs> all right, but, anyway. Okay. Join it. A- Join, join us next episode where we do a deep dive into the death of Natalie Wood. Um, anyway, so, uh, but my point not is... Deep so dive, the not the best phrase.
2: <laughs> was
0: yeah. not trying for that, but hey, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, my point is that in a situation like that where somebody goes missing, there's some kind of accident. I Yeah, obviously characters mm-hmm. could come to some kind of conclusion that like, well, wait a minute, was this or that person involved? But the way this movie handles it is, like, the characters on the boat start suspecting the person 10 seconds into it. And then they're, like, angry and out of the gate. And that's how, like, the movie handles everything. Every major issue that comes up, every turning point for these characters that, like, essentially upends their lives in any normal reality. It's either other characters just, like, getting mad and jumping to a conclusion automatically or it's the characters who should be bothered by it just being like "Eh, i don't know she's gone we gotta call somebody i guess (laughs) um i mean like the way that the the pop star's manager boyfriend reacts once she's been kidnapped and rescued is essentially to shrug it off and like you can claim later in the movie there's evidence that could like point to a reason for that but i think it's just ineptness in the acting and presentation but anyway i'm going on a rant here that includes a lot of things uh but my my in summation i do not like this film katie
1: (laughs) i i want to make it it's not just the acting the, the 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 movie makes no sense which i know is like not news to anyone who's ever seen this movie but all of the Setup that they do with the pop star who, by the way, who she is, is Jenna, Jenna Moroni from 30 Rock. That's who, she, that's who that, that's who that pop star is. Ice cream could be muffin top. Uh, uh, but that, <laughs> but that, and then her boyfriend who, who, her, made uh,
0: it, her lyrics for that is I'll, I'll be your sugar baby. I'll be your ice cream. I'll be your sugar baby. Show me your limousine. Those are the lyrics that we are uh, delivered.
1: Let me contrast that with My muffin top is all that, whole grain, low fat. I know you want a piece of that, but I just want to dance. So. Immediately
3: better. Actually, all you had to do was hire one songwriter.
1: Actually, this whole movie would be way better if it was just an extended episode of 30 Rock, but I (laughs) digress.
0: Or if this was, or if has, this actually starred Jenna Maroney and this was like a spin off that they did as a uh, special, but they just played it straight.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh exactly. God. Yeah, exactly. It's, there's, there's all this incredible amount of setup that, like you said, would have dramatic consequences on the people it's happening to in terms of getting kidnapped, almost dying, uh, going on a boat. Okay, that part not as much, but...
0: There, there, there is this... <laughs> the, the... Katie, Katie has some very dramatic consequences when she goes on a boat.
3: But, but that's the thing, though, is like... It's not like going on the boat is just like, oh, we're taking a tour of the fucking glaciers. No, this is a high-stakes fucking operation on this goddamn boat. They have just saved this pop star, and they have weaseled their way in <laughs> onto the boat with this manager who Eric Roberts, police detective, believes did crime... And they're they're going there with their wives to do undercover police shit.
1: They go to Mexico. I kept thinking this was gonna be a day trip on a yacht, and then they're suddenly in a different country. They don't have luggage. I, I I'm really I was like, oh, where are they going? Where are they going? Suddenly, did any of you guys see the shot? By the way, of the man, I would say cavorting down the streets of Mexico with a bag on his head. A burlap sack on his head two maracas in one hand and just like a aluminum can that was still full of some sort of food in the other hand like like jumping and dancing down the streets because i did and i wanted the movie to be about him but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that there's yeah th- this First of all, I you know I know this is going to shock you guys. I don't think that the that police officers are allowed to go on vacation with a kidnapping victim the next day, the very next day. Nope. And
3: let alone bring family. No,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, and and then you know the the, the two detectives, which by the way, uh, it's <laughs> you know they are both detectives, but Eric Roberts is only calling one of them about uh the, the 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 boyfriend Kevin who is uh got, man has the most wide-set eyes I've ever seen on a human. it's uh, not good.
3: Right. Like he looked like the sort of dude who would be perfect for late 90s teen movies if his line was just like "chicks, <laughs> bro" and that was it.
2: <laughs> That's what I saw. He's just like yeah, you can come on the yacht. It's fine. Just come down to my boat. And you're like, no. <laughs> I felt like he was just way too pale <laughs> to be in Mexico all the time. I don't
3: appreciate your slander towards Powder's brother. <laughs>
2: yes, Powder's brother. Yes. <laughs> oh, man.
0: My favorite part of that you are talking about, like kind of the, a logic of it all, is there's. Uh, so he's on the boat. They're, they're all on the boat. The 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 two cops, their wives, they're on the boat with uh, the music manager, Kesha girl, uh, some hanger-on dude. I don't know what his job really is. And then and then some like Ethan the concierge. Then some. Then some like. Gigantic pot bellied captain who like looks like he murders for a living. Oh Ethan! So like that's that's the boat. <laughs> that's that's who they're he's on like, there Hello. with. And um, and he's out. They're out at sea, and the captain is calling the main cop, and he says, uh, "So he's he's caught. He's found a photo of the manager guy at a party with the guy who kidnapped the pop star." And so he, you know, he's making the connection of, like, oh, this guy set it up. He's getting her kidnapped. Like, that—that that's the idea. So the, the captain knows these two cops and their wives are on the boat, out to sea with this guy. Thinks he's a dangerous threat. <laughs> thinks he's willing to kidnap his own, like, gir- girlfriend or whatever she is. And like hold her hostage or even, or potentially murder her. He says, I'm going to email a copy of the photo, show him and watch his reaction. And, and the guy's just like, okay, we'll do, you know, it's like, I'll definitely antagonize (laughs) the attempted murderer who I'm stuck on a boat with.
3: Hey, it's cool. It's cool. Captain, I'm going to take out my Blackberry (laughs) Jr.
0: That stops bullets and show you this picture. Like I know that the it's always sunny episode hadn't aired yet before this this movie came out but it's very much because of the implication. Oh it's like God. they're out to fucking see. <laughs> but it's cool because this
3: partner just loves God.
1: Eric Eric Roberts.
2: Sorry. Yes.
1: Yeah. I also yes. want to say before we get into the why's and what's of the actual plot of this movie because most of that ultimately doesn't impact the plot at all most of the time is how um how el how ugly that yacht was <laughs> and all
3: the stuff in it. it was a yeah <laughs> yes yeah
2: it it's uh it a... definitely sounds Ooh, Dion- Amelia gross. Famous... that name was gross Uh, That name was nasty.
1: The yacht is uh, for a famous pop star and this seemingly very successful question mark music producer. And I swear to God, the decor was like my grandma made me come on this yacht. Decor. It was the (coughs) the cabin I am in is way way more stylish than this fancy ass yacht. it just was like you know, I couldn't you have just like gotten some leopard print bedding or something from Bed Bath and Beyond? At least just do that to make it look a little cool while you make them just lunch meat sandwiches? What is happening here?
3: Yeah. They got Dijon mustard. What are you talking about? Look, man, I was planning on having all of you dead by now. This was gonna be for us. (laughs) Eating all my fucking Dijon mustard. I know it was a squeeze bottle kind of Dijon mustard. Well, like the sad thing too in my mind is it's just like, oh, this is what they think is the pinnacle of of luxury is like deli meats when you wish (laughs) out to
0: sea. Oh, uh, on that on that point, uh, I mean, that's a good point of like how much of this is like the people making this their view of what hollywood is their view of what being rich is like th- like certain like like angles and we can definitely get into some particular uh, like comments and lines but but early on there was a moment when the two cops are bantering if you can call it that with e- with each other when they're trying to like rescue the pop star and they're like looking for and the main cop says something like Oh yeah, if we rescue her, you think they'll put put us on the cover of Us Weekly. And I was sitting there like, is that the height of what he <laughs> believes fame is? Or is that what the height of what the <laughs> makers of this movie think fame is? Or I don't I don't know. Why us weekly? <laughs> <laughs> Or not even a magazine. Like there's so many other things that you could get out of like this. That was yes. not just your face <laughs> on a magazine. Yeah, <laughs> there's
2: so many other magazines.
0: Oh god, like 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 you up. think yeah. they'll make a movie out of us? Like that <laughs> that could have made sense or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, us us weekly yeah. was the was the pinnacle of this, this man's hopes and dreams. <laughs> it's gonna be
1: sweet. Yeah, like
0: <laughs> even if it's you know
1: they knew they couldn't get on people. Oh,
3: oh my god. <laughs> but that's the thing it's like if it's a famous pop star i'll even i'll even take this back to like the late 90s early 2000s if someone kidnapped willa ford it would still be in the newspapers and they would still be a big deal if she was saved
1: dusty i <laughs> i love willa ford i love that one song where it goes willie, i willie, gotta
3: willie, be what back. You want, what you want Willow, willow, yeah willow, no she willow. Was... oh no yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to be bad yeah. by willow ford oh my god Woo. Under- let's...
2: all right middle
3: school <laughs>
2: let's bring that back <laughs>
3: let's bring what?
2: that back what? But, that's a,
3: but that's the thing is like if you ended up in if... us like who would you have to save for the peak to be us weekly <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, like the soap
2: opera star, like <laughs> le-
0: like like first first say, season um, of all that Amanda Bynes. Yeah,
2: yeah. Dang, dang. <laughs> Rude,
1: <laughs> man. It would have to be like like a Bachelorette from like season three, but we on the season twenty-seven. Like it. The yeah. bar they're trying to reach is so low. She was kidnapped. <laughs> she had that uh. makeup all over her face, and I don't know why. It, okay, but can we talk about sort of the uh, the the central mechanic of the of the? Yes, of the movie? I think I think it makes sense uh, because
0: from here on out, we're definitely going to go into a lot of like stuff that's bad and doesn't work, and definitely dialogue. So I think at this point it makes sense to just kind of address what the hell this movie is past this kidnapping plot. Cool. So uh, Dusty, since you subjected us to this, have yeah. at it.
3: All right, I'll uh, I'll open up the Book of Revelations. This should only take about two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> all right, so this is this is in <laughs> its yeah, most of it. yeah, it's mostly bullshit, um, but it's um yeah, so it's a, it's a film about the Rapture, and the general <laughs> idea behind the Rapture is gods like besties go to heaven it's usually like about 3,000 people at most it depends on who you ask and then everyone else 4,400
0: I thought was always the claim It's it's
3: like a single thousand digit it's, it's way too as small. It should be. All right. <laughs> I
0: was like, I'm doing this. I'm remembering this from Coneheads and maybe that was Jehovah's Witness. I'm Duh. not
3: sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a small
3: amount of people who go and then everyone else gets left behind uh, that enters the tribulation. There's like a hundred years of hell and nonsense. Then Jesus comes back. There's a big old war in Israel. Jesus wins and that's the end of the world forever. Um. And so yeah, so this movie about the very beginning of that. Um, so halfway through the movie, um, a rapture done happen, and poor David A. R. White is left behind because, as as is as the phrase is, he is unequally yoked to his wife, in that his wife is a believer, but he is not. And this
0: is his wife has very... been a believer for all of about twenty <clears throat> minutes, by the way. But, yeah. go but that's all
3: you need. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it's a very common trope in a lot of these movies, and I think a lot of it is, um, people like playing non-believers in these movies because I think it gives them a chance to act out fantasies. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> a fantasy of being on a boat,
2: and
1: then they can be all. Oh yeah, being be on a boat, being outdoors.
3: kind of an ass for no reason.
2: <laughs> My um, favorite, but yeah.
3: <laughs> but yeah, poor David Ar White gets left behind, and his wife, and his cop buddy, and his wife all get raptured and everyone else is on a boat trying to figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> but wait, there's more! There is more. So the thing that makes this movie so unique is with a lot of these movies, it ends on the rapture. That's your big number. Um, and how you depict that is really, really huge. Um, Left Behind is one of the few ones that don't, where that's like the the inciting incident is the rapture. Um, that's also because it has sequels. And... So for this movie to not have a sequel and to have the rapture happen halfway through is really unique. The other thing that makes it unique is he starts the fucking day over again.
2: Yes.
1: That makes it not unique because this is just the movie Groundhog's Day.
0: <laughs> yep, it is.
3: It is.
1: He, I mean, they oh, just oh, whoa,
0: do- whoa, 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 whoa. In, in no way can we, when you objected to this comparing to Kesha, in no way can you say this is just Groundhog Day. This
1: is a, saying- a
0: horrible, horrible time loop film. It's not Groundhog Day. I,
1: I'm, saying that they, I'm saying that they should have to pay royalties to Groundhog Day because they just were like, what if we knew Groundhog's Day, but it's on the day of the rapture? That was the elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i just kept thinking i'd rather be watching groundhog's day i i yes. yeah. oh, i would it's man and how does this even how does it even work is God, god doing this just for him but time is passing because his mysterious his wounds are healing but it keeps happening again but the rapture is worldwide
0: it made it, it made seems... me wonder similar to similar to when we talked about the apple is god doing this for everybody like at the end of the apple when like he he ushers certain people into heaven in in god's like el camino or whatever he's got going there mr <laughs> tops it's it's <laughs> a it's a tops. similar kind of thing here of like is just this rando cop getting like a five time do over at at uh, saving himself or does the rest of the world get that sweet deal Or is everybody else just screwed?
3: I would lead to say no.
1: Captain gets that deal.
3: No, I would lead to say no. This definitely isn't like um yeah because they kind of set it up that Eric Roberts is going to be the next person to live his day over, and they definitively have him go straight into the fucking rapture. Yeah, this feels one hundred percent like God is like, okay, do we have everyone? What? Not David A. R. White? Start it over
1: just you're right it's exactly that he's counting them up he's like oh shoot we left one of the kids at the at summer camp we
2: gotta go back (laughs) he's like where's david's
3: partner
0: i know his parents signed the release but it's a whole legal (laughs) thing we don't want to deal with it
3: yeah i am not leaving that like 26 percent hunk of a man behind (laughs) he is coming to heaven
2: oh man David he was Air least... White, has. he
1: has a sloppiness about him mm-hmm. that is upsetting to watch for this long. <laughs> I just eventually was upset at having to look at him in his clothes and the way that they fit him. I was upset he was on that yes. jet ski in, in cargo shorts instead of swim trunks. <laughs> it's just... He also, is. Not who a thought man-
2: brown was a great color for people. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're on a tropical island, and they're like brown bathing suit, brown shirt. There you go. It's like no. <laughs>
3: I, I feel like within the design sector of this movie, a lot of pranks were being done that no one knew about.
1: <laughs> it's like idiots. <laughs> I feel like they had I, like five, well, they had five minutes in the thrift store. And they had to find their the whole production value. Yeah. Yeah, this,
2: but this ugh. was it. This was interesting, like when. OK, so, I mean, they first get to the boat and they get introduced to everyone and you're trying to figure out everyone. It's like the first night they're talking to each other is the saddest conversation I've ever <laughs> seen in a movie.
0: I'm so <laughs> glad we're going to talk about this. Oh, <laughs> oh it, you mean it, you mean just a nice casual chat about Mideast foreign policy? Oh you know, like God. everyone does. Nice. Yeah. They
2: didn't even and have And just snacks. casual racism. They weren't drinking. Oh, yeah. Nothing fun was happening. Yeah. It's like let's scatter and... some snacks. Let's get this going. But <laughs> I
0: I I've, I've got the dialogue for this. I've dialogue for many parts of the movie, but since we're on this, I have some of the dialogue. So they uh they're talking about violence and somewhere they re- reference rap. There's a couple references to rap that seem obliquely or overtly racist take your pick i don't know um but there's a couple references to rap and then it, it very much felt like to me like the views of the people making the movie putting something in there but yeah so there's some discussion before that and then somebody says on the like music side of it i don't think you can blame violence on rap music and another guy on the music side laughs and says no look at Iran, Iran they don't even have rap music and then our cop our hero states that's because it's hard to find words that rhyme with death to america or death to israel
2: oh my god and then
0: and then the music side guy goes don't get me started on iran uh you know very (laughs) 1980s stand-up comedy um And then uh, and then like our cop hero's girlfriend, wife, whatever, says it's frightening to think of that government getting nuclear missiles. And I'm just sitting there like so much is happening in this scene right now. And none of it's good, but none of it's informative. And it's just I, it's it's so bizarre.
2: It was a lot.
1: It's so out of place
0: it also might be the worst
3: shot section of the whole movie because everyone's sitting in that semicircle of doom that you get staged in during high school plays
2: yeah
3: and no one's (laughs) yeah everyone's just sitting um i also would like to point out yes there is rap music in iran yes lots of things rhyme in arabic (laughs) Also, I'm pretty sure, like, lots of things rhyme with America and Israel.
1: <laughs> I, I also want to be clear: it, it was you. You can rhyme "death to Israel." You could say something like "death to Israel." I'm gonna make you all miserable. Like, you could try it if you <laughs> really wanted to.
0: And <laughs> Katie's Katie's a professional rap artist, by the way. Forgot to give her that credit at don't... the top. <laughs>
1: I don't want that to ever be isolated, by the way. I, I don't want to be death
2: in any place.
0: Oh man, Ben Shapiro's gonna love this.
2: Oh no, oh no.
0: We'll do a remix, uh, Katie, don't worry. <laughs> uh, Cut that yeah, with it's the just, Willa
1: Ford singing I did.
3: I just want to know how that conversation and that scene made it past any round of edits.
2: I don't even know. They were just like, talk about whatever's on your mind. And you're like, shit, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking right <laughs> now. Like...
0: Oh, the, the <laughs> earlier rap comment, I have that one written down as well. So when like the hanger on lackey guy, whatever the hell he is, is bringing them, bringing the cops and the wives onto the boat. He says, pretty sure you're the, the only cops we've ever had on board we we'll are have to see if you've arrested any of the rap stars he's worked with.
2: Ha, yeah, ha. which I was like, that's not, not right? cool, man. <laughs> also, like, if this is your line of work, like, I don't get it. You're in this.
0: <laughs> also, the term rap stars does not seem like something someone in the industry would say. Oh, yeah, just uh, hanging out with the rap stars tonight. Here. <laughs> You're like,
2: okay, Grandpa. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, those comments were not needed. <laughs>
1: And this movie came out in 2009. It's not like rap was new. It's not like it ha- <laughs> It's not like both of, you know, white people's favorite rapper Eminem's albums had not already come out by then. You know, so I don't know why we're acting like this is a, still a controversial topic. I'm sure there were like Christian rappers.
3: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
2: Oh, there's tons of Christian rappers. And there are some of them that are i've listened to that aren't terrible they're actually pretty good but it's like it was just like the conversation was let's talk about what we don't like and that's negative and then it just kind of snowballed into the whole politics and you're like we just went zero to 60 but also this didn't connect in any real way (laughs) like it was just a hot mess of a conversation
0: speaking of going zero to 60 the main cop's wife is sitting, she's, I don't know, she's having trouble with him, communication. He's He's constantly on his phone. It, it's a real, like, thin thing that they developed to make some kind of problem. But so she's talking with the other detective's wife. And those two, the detective and his wife, the other ones, they're depicted as being religious from the get-go. And so the second wife character is talking to the first one and starts talking to her about, like, God and Jesus and... Bringing Jesus into her life or something. And she just goes from like someone who I don't think is supposed to be antagonistic to religion, but is probably, I think, indifferent. I don't get any sense from her that she's anything beyond that. And then she just suddenly says, I want that. I want Jesus in my life. And it takes like 20 seconds and she's in. She's down for God. And that's like what so much of the rest of the plot hinges on. Yeah. You know, Lynn, it reminds me a lot of when we went to that
3: Hill House in uh, Lancaster, Mm -hmm. Ohio.
2: Oh my God, I've been to that. Oh,
3: it's (laughs) it's, it's so well produced.
2: It is (laughs) insane how intense. I went to that in high school. I think I was like a freshman or sophomore. Oh my God. And I didn't know anything about like Christianity around that time. But it's just like, man, I was actually kind of scared of some of the things that they showed. Like that car scene
0: yeah was
2: terrified. did
0: they have did they have the big tim curry satan when you were there Uh, i think so it was so cool. so if 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 anyone's never if anyone's never anyone listening uh, has never been to a hell house or you know this particular one in lancaster ohio um but hell houses are like haunted houses for christian people to scare you straight to make you come to jesus and they have all these kinds of like you know this boy it's like or at least this one it's like a story of like this kid who would smoke and drink and do drugs and make out with his girlfriend and that leads to hell and you know they're trying to like convert you to the right righteous path um and so you're like going through and watching this story acted out but yeah it gets to the end and they had like this whole like hell thing set up with like Mm -hmm. people in like black robes and they're like moaning and like acting like they're in pain. Um And they like literal like pyrotechnics and shit. And they had this big dude in what looks like Tim Curry in legend. It was impressive. Like when like Dusty and I went to this, it was impressive. Like this had some money behind it. It oh, was yes. like, it was not just a dude in a Halloween costume. Like, I don't know where they got this thing to make him look again, as close as I can say, Tim Curry and legend Gigantic horns, not shaped like a human head. Like beyond that, and it was like they've got money behind this thing from somewhere. The the Koch mm-hmm. brothers or somebody's funding this thing. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but
1: yeah, I really want to go do a Hell House and I haven't been
0: to uh, one yet. But yes, Dusty, this uh, remind you of this?
3: Yeah, just how quickly we immediately became evangelical Christians in the wake of it. It took like twenty <laughs> seconds. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, when you get to the end, you get a choice of three doors uh one says yes one says no one says yes. like question mark and yes. you get the decision of like yes i'm going to heaven no i'm not going to heaven or question mark i don't know and i think we both went through question mark just because that seemed to be the best idea yeah. um and you immediately get met by someone who's going to proselytize to you and all that fun stuff uh but uh, then when you walk out of that tent yes and no both lead to
0: the parking lot which yes Yes. yes no. Do that, to the parking lot. That that is my absolute favorite bit. Yes, I went to this hell house before I went with you, Dusty. I went in high school with people, and I went through question mark then, and then we did the same thing in college, and we both went, and they have people sitting on hay bales, and they want to give you cocoa and start talking to you about Jesus. But yeah, the other people I had gone with in high school, yes and no, both just exited to just this empty field which I you know you don't know what you're going to uh you know go through you don't know what it's going to be and so I just went through question mark cuz huh well I know what heaven and hell are Curious about this option. See what's going on. Um, but uh, but yeah, they, uh, so every, the other people I went with went through whatever door they went through. Uh, but yeah, they just opened to the same empty field, which is probably the most bleak argument against religion I've ever heard from this hell house. Like unwittingly not thinking it through of like, huh, maybe we should have them like go to a nice room or a scary room or something. But Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, yeah, and in Lancaster, it's like a it's a parking lot with a white castle just far enough away for it to be yes. a pain to walk to.
2: Yes,
0: oh my god, the pearly gates, if you will, Dustin. Oh my yes, gosh, I yes. love
2: that you went to these things because it's like I remember going. The two main things I remember about that haunted house: one, the kids in front of us. You know, I was in high school, trying to look cute, trying to go through this haunted house, and there was this group of boys in front of us. And one of the guys dared some other guy in the group to eat trash. And that's what he did. That's what we, that's what he did. <laughs> so that's my memory going into it. And then I remember <laughs> accidentally pulling some girl's uh, hoodie. Thought she was in my friend group. Cause I got scared. Not my friend. I choked some random girl at this hell house place. <laughs> <laughs> But it was yes,
0: Whew. Aside aside from Tim Curry, Legend Satan, and the doors that open to nothingness, uh, my other favorite memory about the Hell House, and this was from the first time I went through. I'm pretty sure. Uh, could I don't think I doubt it's when you went through with me, Dusty. But let me know if it was. But mm-hmm. so I think the first time I we went through. So again, this is like fairly uh, well produced. They they had like a wrecked car. Because, like, within the story, like, the kid dies in a car accident because of drinking. And so they had, like, some actual car that they, like, destroyed and made look like it had been in a wreck. So they had enough money. Somebody donated a car to do this. So, like, they had some, like, legit production value. But at one point, so, like, you're going through it with the kid. And it's, like, a different actor in each room. But they all wear the same clothes. So that it like, it's always the same red hat and blue jacket. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's him, (laughs) quote unquote. But yeah, so you go room to room. And, uh, but I remember he's like going through time or something and he's witnessing moments from the Bible. And one part is he's witnessing Jesus taking the cross. Um, And in, you know, in the Bible, there's like the centurions who are, fucking with Jesus and like calling out to the crowd. And so they have like somebody like whipping at Jesus, like the actor who's playing Jesus and they have the centurion say like, is this your God? Is this your God? And then somebody in the crowd either to fuck with them or because they were like a legit Christian. I never can tell which it was said. Yeah, he is. Like, I don't know if it was like they were saying it because they were a believer or if they wanted to heckle the show. Oh, but no. then the centurion goes, like, Why don't you help him then? That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go back to doing the show.
2: Oh, God. This is so God. much better than the what movie did we watched. Memory. <laughs>
0: it is this is why i'm we're focused on it so much all right but back to the terrible movie yes (laughs) yes yes yes. yes. Um, but uh all right so uh what other weird i mean we've talked about the groundhog day you know esque plot device the time loop they do it about five times he has to he's trying to figure out how to fix things how to he doesn't know why people are disappearing he eventually kind of games it out and is able to like prevent them from disappearing where he can't see them and all this kind of junk that doesn't matter. But ultimately, the goal of the movie is he must find his way to God. That that's uh, that's the goal of what the movie is pushing in the narrative and on the audience. So any other weird moments? I definitely want to get into dialogue coming up here. But any other weird things we want to address?
1: Can I, can I just say one thing? Uh, his <laughs> wife drowned. That's what happened to her. I don't know why they were immediately like, you killed her. No, she left. She went off with your friends. I, I, She probably drowned, especially in that loop where she just is, like, not on the jet ski anymore. Man, he, first of all, none of the times did he do a very good job of looking for her. He just wandered <laughs> around going, Lori, 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 like the minor bird from Twin Peaks. Um, and... <laughs> it just it was so it was so unrealistic the way that they all immediately jumped to well clearly oh yeah you know you guys were into it and it's like and also i mean dude the most realistic option to them is at that a she drowned or b that you killed your wife because most of the time it's that the guy kills his wife so why are we doing this
0: my favorite part during all of that when when they kept uh, when they kept like yelling at him and going back and forth he had a line let me find it uh, let's see look we just need to call the Mexican Navy I I greatly enjoyed that line
2: it's so intense
0: and hey I'm sure Mexico has a navy but just the Mm -hmm. phrase the Mexican Navy was very funny to me and how it was being delivered
1: they're not the Mexican Navy's not coming for you. They're not coming
0: no, they're for the busy. random.
1: Yeah, they're doing Navy things. You wouldn't call the U.S. Navy.
0: What are you talking I also, about? I also enjoyed when the cap, when the captain is calling him on the phone uh, about the manager guy that he's suspicious of. He says, "I'm checking with Interpol." Like, real casually. Like, this is just, like, the captain of some local police precinct. It's like, oh, yeah, I got my guy in Interpol. You know, they're running me up the flagpole here. We're checking it out. It's like, I'm sure it takes a lot of steps to check with Interpol on something.
2: (laughs) Also, how does he have reception everywhere? Literally everywhere. No one else else has a phone on this boat. No one else except for him. And it works everywhere <laughs> the middle of look the that ocean. hockey puck oh, of a
3: blackberry is oh, very strong
2: <laughs> it tries i know i same. keep ra-
3: i know i keep ragging on that phone but it literally looks like you would buy it at a kmart while you're in the checkout line and there would be oh, shitty smarties inside of it
2: <laughs> oh my god perfect yes there should be candy in that phone he probably does have candy in that phone mm-hmm.
0: it's the only way <laughs> Say- to get through this movie <laughs> Yeah, you want to dive into dialogue here? I've yeah. got choice one selected, and any others you want to throw out there? Oof.
1: Yeah, I want to hear it. Go for
0: it. Yeah.
3: yeah, hit me with words I've clearly forced myself to forget.
0: <laughs> well, we have our kidnapper at the beginning of the movie, and this was like both dialogue and delivery. He has a gun or a knife. I can't remember. To, to her head. and gun. Uh, Okay, gun. And he says, I'll kill her. I'll kill her now. (laughs) I was like, okay. I think that's implied. You know, we don't need the now or the second iteration of kill her. I think we got it, but...
3: Look, um, I'll kill her, but I have shit to do. So give me a few hours. It's on my list.
0: Another bit of dialogue, like uh, I mentioned earlier of like some stuff that just does not sound real and sounds artificial and fake likely from a christian conservative perspective so the detective at one point says he's like trying to like cover up that his wife is suspicious of him at this one moment and so he's explaining stuff to the rest of the people on the boat and he's claiming that she's sick and he says she had some kind of adverse reaction to the seasickness pills i don't know fucked her out And I sat there and thought, (laughs) fucked her out. Is that a phrase that anyone on the planet has ever uttered? Fucked her up. Sure, fucked her up. (laughs) Fucked her out. Now that sounds like someone who's like, doesn't swear and is like, well, this is what they say, right? They fucked her out. That's it, right?
3: I I hate to break it to you. He said, flipped her out. I had to rewind that scene three Uh, or four times to hear what he actually said. They're
2: not going to cuss me. It sounds
3: so much like, fucked her out.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, see, I thought it was fucked her out because the, that detective is presented as not being religious, and he's still, yeah. you know, he's still, like, not one of God's chosen people. So I thought, even though it's a religious movie, that they would make—they'd be willing to make that character swear, because they're willing to, oh, like— no. Ha- well, no, they're willing—well, they're willing to do plenty of violence in the movie. I think yeah. violence, so. but there was yeah, only
2: definitely There given, wasn't that much blood, but though. But it's gonna— sh- they're going to show that on PureFlix, which is its own app. Yeah. Which I looked up the movie, and now my Facebook is like, hey, do you want to download PureFlix? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and <Okay>. how?
0: <laughs> well, and all right. Well, how. I'm very disappointed uh, that the line was not yeah. fucked her out.
3: Yeah. Well, on, to add on to that, too, I will say David A.R. White does have a John Wick knockoff, an evangelical Stop John it. Wick. Stop it. I believe it's called Beckham.
2: I'm going to Google this.
0: <laughs> all right my other two bits of dialogue were both uh references to other things that in my mind to make the movie more enjoyable than it actually was there's one point in the fourth or fifth iteration of his you know time looping that he starts just screaming at the sky and pointing to God. And all I could think of was the old Upright Citizens Brigade skit, Bucket of Truth, where at the end <laughs> of that, it ends with like Matt Walsh screaming at God, don't you think I know that? So that moment uh, gave me some joy because it associated it with a good thing. And then uh, the other bit, then part of the time loop, is the, the second detective's wife, they keep going off to their own little adventure. And so the part of the loop is she's always saying the same thing. And she says, you guys want to go to Bird Island with us? Which Bird Island <laughs> just struck me as like such a fake name. But it also reminded me of a great Simpsons bit from an old uh, Halloween episode. <laughs> I heard we're going to Ape Island to yep. capture a giant ape. I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Canny Apple Island? What do they got there? Apes but they're not so big. And that gave me more joy than than all of this movie.
2: I did hate that she said Bird Island like 50 times. I'm like, I get it. There's birds. Why do they call it like Bird Paradise? There weren't so birds like,
0: though. But... Well, again, it's like- It was I'm, a very I'm, bird-free island. I, I'm sure, no, there, I'm sure there are islands. I, I'll say I'm sure there are islands in the world that have been called Bird Island, but it also sounds like the first draft name you put when you were writing the script—I don't know—Bird Island—and you like never go and check to find like what it's that's what bird well what bird is called in Mexico for instance exactly. number one. Oh or or what like just a real island name or anything so just like Bird Island stuck out to me is like that sounds so fake. So
2: like sometimes islands. you just gotta
0: keep the <laughs> sometimes you
3: just have to keep the template the final draft gives you. <laughs>
1: Actually, speaking Ew. of Bird Islands, you know you know what is a Bird Island, Alcatraz. Alcatraz is named for the word Pelican. So maybe that's what they were ah. talking about. Hmm.
0: Dun, 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 I, nah.
1: I will say <laughs> that um one character that we really haven't um we haven't really given his due is um Ethan, the concierge, who's also like the pygmy version of the lead singer of Smash Mouth. He's
2: got Oh, I was like or or Mark McGrath. Oh
0: yeah.
1: He's like that go-to. Yes. He I was well Yeah, what what just, was his
0: job, Katie? Did you catch that?
1: It it wasn't clear because, but I know at one point he was like I think during the the conversation about uh Iran and Israel, he's just like lounging around without shoes on and I really wished Ethan would put his shoes back on. Yep. but Not the conversation take off your
3: left. shoes, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: just, man, put your shoes on. Everyone else is all dressed. Um,
3: he, you know what? You actually make a good point. He is an employee. <laughs> he, he's an employee of anyone there.
2: But he's not running anywhere. He's on a boat.
0: <laughs> hey, Captain <laughs> Murders an employee, and he gets to hang out with everybody, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, what's, I, I don't understand he just ethan is like at first i was like oh is he one of the other music guys it's like no because he also has to drive these randos around to, to bird island all the time and then be confronted by this cop who's really mad and ethan doesn't get raptured either and i don't know why because ethan just seemed like all his big sin was liking rap music because he wasn't a kidnapper like the captain and he wasn't that you know bleary eyed ginger monster creature this guy, that was his this employee. guy right if you here.
0: want if you want my <laughs> if you want my honest assessment if i was trying to break this down if the movie has any logical sense even from where it's coming from the captain is like we find out as like a kidnapper and was a kidnapper and like was involved in the like more recent kidnapping but was in the past the manager guy set it up um the ethan or whatever you know question mark and then the pop star girl she doesn't get raptured out but she does at the end and and af- after the end she's been like shown the way to jesus um and uh because that's what happens right dusty she's gone yeah 100 yeah, okay yeah. that's for that's sure have, all right so, she, so she's gone so answer. so my my assessment is i think the kind of overall of why those people including her weren't raptured in the first version and all the other versions is just oh they're in entertainment they're in the godless (laughs) field like I, i honestly think that that's what it is it's just it's this like even though these people are making movies the people behind this are making movies they've in a very fox news way of like oh well we're not we're not the mainstream. We're not Hollywood. We're, we're our own thing. We're what's right. So I think that, I think it's coming from this very view of like godless, godless music industry, godless Hollywood. And so therefore, oh yeah, obviously they wouldn't be raptured. And then the starlet, you know, the pop star, she can be raptured if she, sh- or she, if she's shown the way, then it's okay. Uh, yeah. Dusty, I have a, had a... a real,
3: yeah, I have a real bummer of an answer. For, okay. for all of this. Yay. So, one of the big themes that you get in this these movies is there is no path to heaven through good deeds alone. Like, it does not matter how good of a person you are or everything that you've done if you do not believe in Christ in the way that the best characters in this movie believe in Christ. So, even in that moment where David A.R. White's screaming to the heavens, screaming, what do you want from me? Because he didn't get raptured again. Um, <laughs> despite you know slightly improving himself it's that's the deal it's like you have to supplicate yourself to a verbose degree and that's the only way in to
1: to Jesus specifically that loop really was I was like wow Jesus is using some really coercive tactics here to basically break this man down so much that just like believing in God and repenting and like that's not enough He needs to also, um, without really any, I don't think, persuasive sway from Suzette or Larry about why Jesus specifically is the dude, has to, like, he is. By the end, it seems like he's a broken man. And he's like, I love Jesus so much because otherwise all—that's it. I I didn't come out of this being like, wow, you know what? Jesus did save save him. I felt very like, wow— Jesus put him through this Groundhog's Day hellscape until he, until he wore him down into believing in, in the Lord. And it, ah, ah. so what, what, who knows? Maybe look, even look, just look, wasn't Katie, the Lord works
0: in mysterious ways.
1: I'm just saying. Maybe Ethan really did believe in Jesus. He just wasn't so fucking obnoxious about it. Being like, wow, it's a blessed day here on this boat with the Lord shining his sun face down on us. I sure do love the Lord Jesus. Man, I'm so glad that he provided us with the tools to create this toothpaste. It sure does leave my <laughs> my, my, my mouth minty Jesus fresh. Like,
2: ugh. Oh, I get it. I get it. I feel like- So the hard thing I had during this movie, it's like, um, movies like this tend to paint Christians in a really crazy way. Like, I am a Christian. I do believe that Jesus, like, I do believe in Jesus, but I'm like, when I see movies like this, I'm like, this is insane. Like, this is almost dumbfounded at how they approach this. And it's like. If I didn't know who Jesus was, I'd be like, I'm not going to listen to this movie. This movie's insane. (laughs) Also, Uh don't like David's character. I don't like his character. But it's just like, movies like this, I'm like, oh my god. This is terrible. This is like, uh," I don't know if anyone went to uh, OSU, um, but there was a preacher brother, Judd.
0: Oh, he yeah, gave, brother the used to, to go OU. to OU all the time.
2: Yeah, and it was just so intense, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is what people think, like Christians are this like really crazy person." Like,
0: yeah. and just
2: watching this movie, it just made me really sad, and just also like, all right. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> like, and and, yeah. and I but, I feel uh, like that these kinds. I mean, I, I granted I don't watch them, but I've seen enough trailers oh, yeah. and and get enough out from it. That I feel like this and, like, Kirk Cameron stuff, uh, the God's Not Dead movies, those kind of stuff, like, I feel like they don't they're, – they're preaching to the choir in the most literal meaning of that term mm-hmm. because I don't – if their goal is we're trying to show you the path or show you, you know, God and, you know, how to be a good person and everything, like – there are like so many like great films and novels and plays and whatever that have to do with faith and religion that have Mm -hmm. like other things to say and also want to tell a story first and foremost, but also have themes. I mean, just off the top of my head, like, I feel like something like It's a Wonderful Life does more for Christianity than any of these films ever have or Mm -hmm. ever will. Like, It's Mm -hmm. a Wonderful Life. Like, you don't have to be a Christian to embrace that film. But obviously, oh, no. like, but you could you could be a Christian and embrace it. And even if you're not a Christian, you can, like, see the value in the morals that are being, like, put out there in that film. But at the end of the day, it's a very entertaining film. It's doing interesting things. It's mm-hmm. focused on chari- character. It's focused on story. It's not just trying to proselytize, which is what oh, yeah. all of these things do. That's from start. I mean, the, the first scene of this movie, you have these two cops, and the idea is these cops are literally on a mission to rescue a pop star from like a fucking trailer park where a guy has kidnapped her. And then right there, we're just talking about Jesus and not even in like a meaningful kind of like, Somebody's scared or facing death kind of way. It's just like, oh yeah, we're just, you know, we're just casually talking about Jesus here, you know, got to save this girl, you know? <laughs> um, and it's just, it's so apparent from the word go, what the goals are of this kind of yes. thing. And the, that goal is not to tell you a story. That goal is to tell you a sermon. And that's yeah. never going to be enjoyable for any audience.
2: Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> well,
3: and I would say, I think one of the biggest issues with these movies too, is that, God and Jesus aren't really treated as characters within this thing. And so it's very easy to be like, oh, Jesus in this movie is kind of just a gaslighting, abusive ex-boyfriend. <laughs> like, he is going to yeah, treat he's... you like shit until you do what he wants you to do. Yeah. And yeah. It, I think that's that. It's one of the bigger issues with a lot of Christian stuff is, I mean, it's not like any other characters get any really good definition of who they are or what they do, but even in the Bible, you could look at God as, like, a guy with anger issues who mellows out after his son is murdered. Mm. And
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's true.
3: But, like, I don't think they're allowed to even think that deep. It's just, like, here's what has to happen. These are two-dimensional beings that you just immediately have to like and aren't treated as characters or treated as any sort of tangible
2: yeah and you can't explain yeah. that in these movies but it's like i don't think that's their goal is to actually be like compassionate towards people it's like this is what it is this is what you got and you're like all right <laughs> yeah with terrible written characters that no one likes <laughs>
3: like, yeah. it is I, I would i would say also too that i think a lot of the problem is that since evangelical production companies can't really make horror movies their only option is to make rapture movies, and so this is the closest they're ever going to get to horror. <laughs> that's
1: sad.
0: I did. I, I did look. Really I did sad. go to Pure Flix. I did go to Pure Flix, and I looked around because they they had it based. Uh, they had it broken down by genre, and that blew my mind because like genre isn't it just all Christian <laughs> movie? Like isn't that the only genre? But they do like break it down into like drama and romance and thriller and some different thing western. Uh, which a lot of the stuff on there is just like literally old movies that they had, they could get the rights to or things that are in the public domain. But um, I did. Yeah. I, I was looking through there and horror was not on there, which did surprise me a little bit because like you could do horror. Um, you couldn't be graphic, but I'm thinking of something like wait until dark is a, is often considered a yeah. horror film and there's not, it's not like bloody or gory. <clears throat> and then there's, there's like the ring if you if you dumbed down the ring and like Uh. made the scares you know lesser you could do something like the you know so like there there are there's horror that's not the fly or friday the 13th um so i mean it it did surprise me a little that they yeah like what you're saying katie the devil like but i guess then that gets into intersecting with when like the exorcist came out and various like christians were just like against it i mean i know catholics oh, yeah. came out against it at the time and um so just yeah. like the, de- the catholic their church their view looks, depiction the catholic of how church
1: sorry the catholic church looks great in the exorcist it looks way mm-hmm. cooler than it is in real life <laughs> and i say that as someone who you know attended a uh you know 12 years or 16 years of catholic school i don't know how many years school i don't know yeah um but
0: (laughs) Katie went to uh, Catholic grad school. (laughs) Oh, Notre Dame. Nice. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very, very classy. Uh, it's it, I did. I felt like at the, at this movie, like David AR white might as well have been like, I'm not negotiating with terrorists. Jesus. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. going (laughs) to do what you want just because this is literally, it's the only way for him to get out of this situation. So is it really, Mm -hmm. is it really voluntary? But I, I want to say Lytton, that your uh your your observation that they're telling a sermon not a story is very that's that's a that's a good line that that you really put a, put the nail on the head there and um all right wow this oof. I I will say I've seen I've seen the Left Behind series and I didn't like it I I I didn't really have a great time watching it but it's much more watchable than this.
3: Are we talking the Kirk Cameron or the Nick Cage one?
1: Exactly. Uh, The Kirk Cameron one, come on. Okay. I I wish it was the Nicholas Cage one.
3: Um, Yeah, also has Leah
0: Thompson in it. it. it, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Linton. She was in the Back the Future trilogy. She's America's sweetheart. No, these are the (laughs) movies she wants to make now.
3: She's willingly doing this. She's
1: got to, she's got to get, she's got to work somehow. She's got to pay those bills.
0: No, those that, I, well, bills. that's, that's the thing. Dust. I, I, I would say it has more to do with this is probably what she can get that. I, I mean, maybe she's hardcore Christian or something, but I don't, I, I doubt yeah. it. Um, but it's probably because she's w- 60 years old in Hollywood and uh, yeah. that's, that's what she can do. All right. So would <laughs> you recommend <laughs> in the blink of an eye?
1: No. no, I wouldn't. I, I was
0: gonna even, be like,
3: "Hell I no!" Even,
1: I didn't even have fun. I didn't even have fun, like, like talking shit about it while I was watching it. It, it, it just because it was so smug, and I was just like, ugh, ugh, "You're so smug about all this," and that's why I don't like these movies. Is because they're so. First of all, they're the they are usually very bad, and this one in particular mm-hmm. was, again, just Groundhog's Day. So, it wasn't. I felt. I would rather watch any of the other movies that I've watched for this podcast, up to and including uh, Pennies from Heaven, which I described as, I think, sludge, um, <laughs> than this movie because it's just so, so self satisfied and smug and also. Mm-hmm. It didn't deserve Mm -hmm. to be so smug because it is not good.
2: I feel like the acting was so distracting. The acting was so all over the place that it was hard to pay attention to, like, what they were really saying. Because everything's delivered, again, like a freaking robot. And you're like, Mm -hmm. alright, I've heard this before. (laughs) Or, like, I've seen this scene. And just how everything's cut together and how rushed everything is it's like I don't know if people notice but like there are scenes where it's like we're at the beach now we're not at the beach now we're in the water and now we're on the boat and I'm like it's just so jumpy it was very distracting so I would not recommend this to anyone
0: (laughs) Dusty
3: so why I recommended it um (laughs) so it's one of the better shot ones which is saying so little um but I think it's also the one rapture movie that I watched that I actually remembered things from it and that it just is kind of consistently so weird and the acting so bad. Um, particularly one of my favorite moments is David A. R. White accidentally shoots the pop star during one of his reincarnations oh, no, and his I reaction is access. and his reaction is the equivalent to if you spilled water on a laptop.
0: It's yeah. just Well, I, I, I had this line earlier and I forgot, but yeah, every traumatic event that happens in this movie, characters react as, as if they just stub their toe. That's the level of seriousness, even though something horrible is happening. Yeah,
3: but for me, it's the movie that I think it says so much by what it does of just like, this is a movie where it's not about believing. It's about, as you said, being... ...being pushed to your breaking point and then just accepting, it is probably the most bald-faced of all of these movies as to what it's really about. While others can kind of hide what they mean or they have like one or two moments that are like, oh, that was interesting or, oh, that was weird. This particular movie, it's weird from front to back and it's accidentally honest about what it believes and now that you've seen it you don't need to watch a single other evangelical end times movie for the rest of your life you've seen them all you've seen the best one and that says so little
0: as far as recommending it though dusty out you recommended it to this podcast which is podcast focused on unusual lesser known films and so it's very fitting even though we had to go through this gauntlet it's very fitting for the podcast but would you recommend it beyond this podcast
3: um, I would. If you watch a lot of evangelical movies and you get a kick out of that sort of thing and you're very engrossed in it, I think it's one of the better ones that you can watch. There's um, between that Bells of Innocence, which stars Chuck Norris as an angel um, and he kicks uh. no one and stars his son, Mike Norris, and proves my theory that if you're a bad actor, you can't differentiate romantic love and familial love. Um, that's a fun one and then there's like another David A.R. White movie called Revelation Road where Ray Wise is in it just being very religious and you keep expecting him to kill someone and he never does Ray Wise? Uh, Yeah Ray Wise is in a few of these Um, he's clearly Uh... doing it for the paycheck though (laughs) Uh... Um, I know
1: I I just want to point out Dusty that the way you describe that Chuck Norris movie is that he is an angel who is think who may be romantically in love with his son, the the way that you were like he can't differentiate familial love.
3: And it, it's worse. By
1: the way, his son is in this movie. Uh,
3: it's worse. No, it's, it's worse because worse? his son his son has a niece who's in the movie, and she's supposed to represent uh, his dead daughter um and he's constantly talking to her like oh this is how you talk to a child and it's like please do not fuck this child i would appreciate it if you didn't
1: <laughs> oh, No. yeah i regret i regret bringing it up again
3: <laughs> yeah when chuck norris is the best part of the movie it's not great um but yeah i think if, if you're very engrossed in these sorts of movies and you get a kick out of evangelical weirdness which is probably harder to do nowadays quite honestly then it's i, I
0: think it's very worth watching All right. Noted. For myself, I, uh, I would not recommend this to anyone I know or do not know. Uh, often (laughs) I find, I find a way or some kind of argument or like, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't go out of my way to do it, but a lot of times we've had stuff on that. I do see a reason. I mean, I, I appreciate you bringing this on for us, Dusty. It's weird. It's out there. It's something that we haven't done yet. We haven't done any like weirdo religious movies. So that's cool. It had plenty of stuff for us to talk about and joke about, and that always makes for a fun episode. And we got to talk all about Lancaster, Ohio's Hell House, so that was some fun times. But as a film, (laughs) as a film, it's bad. It's poorly made, poorly acted, terrible dialogue, not well shot. Uh, You know, the story's not good, and as I said, it's just like constantly proselytizing And so if you're like within you're an Uber Christian, you might watch it and it's just confirming all of your beliefs. And you're like, yeah, this is, this is right. Maybe, maybe someone like that could enjoy it. But even so, I don't know. I, I, there's so little to enjoy about the movie. Like it's just not well done. Mm -hmm. So I don't know even if you are that you're going to actually enjoy it, even if you agreed with it. Um, but yeah, so for myself, uh, I, I mean, some of the dialogue is bad enough to be funny that, like, I could conceivably say, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, you could watch it for that, but but really, it's, it's not so out there and weird and bad that I would say, you know, like, watch this as, as a joke or anything. So, it's a no for me. All right, so that wraps us up for In the Blink of an Eye. Uh, 2009's In the Blink of an Eye brings us to Can I Find This? This movie is out there in a few different ways. Uh, You can uh, download it on iTunes. It has been uploaded in full at probably 480p quality on YouTube. It looked even worse than it did in the copy I saw. Um, But it's on YouTube. I believe it was a bootleg version. I don't think it was like an official uploaded version, but it's on there currently that you can find it. And then it uh, is on Pure Flix, which is the entertainment company that makes these. They now have an app, a streaming service, and you can get a free trial of Pure Flix, according to their website. And uh, you can watch this and many Westerns from the 20s that are in the public domain. (laughs) Uh, I I should
3: also (sighs) point to that if you do get that Pure Flix thing, you are giving money to David A.R. White because he owns the company.
0: Oh. Yes. So uh, this is on Pure Flix uh, along with various other ones. And then it has been released on DVD, but it is not on Blu-ray. So, uh, you know, un- unfortunately not on Blu-ray. We're, we're all we're all at a loss. We won't get to see. We'll have to fingers crossed for the 4K because you really got to see it and it's all all its glory. Um, you got to see that drone All right, drone so shot. that does it for... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That does it for In the Blink of an Eye. Uh we are going to be back next time taking a little bit of a break, just a brief break, but we're gonna be back with an episode. Um it'll it'll still come out in a week. Um we're gonna be doing Nothing But Trouble, the bizarre Dan Aykroyd movie Nothing But Trouble. We did that on I was on an episode with uh my friends over at Revenge of the 90s, and we've done some partner episodes with them. So I'm going to take that episode, which we already recorded, and I'm going to refit it a little bit into one of our episodes. Uh, I originally was just going to do a Nothing But Trouble episode on its own, but that one was really fun and played really well. And I doubt we would have been able to top it as far as like playfulness and jokes and all that kind of stuff. So we're just going to roll with that one. So Nothing But Trouble will be coming up next. See you then.